Pittsburgh Steelers win another ugly one, at least on the offensive side. And they're like celebrating that the team got to 20 points on offense and scored two touchdowns. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, the uh, you know much questioned and scrutinized Pittsburgh Steelers offense. They get two touchdowns last night, two offensive touchdowns, basically the first drive of the game and their last drive of the game. <laughs> Uh, second to last drive of the game where they got touchdowns and they do just enough to squeak by a Tennessee Titans team that has certainly found something with Will Levis. He followed up that four touchdown performance with another solid game. Like you can see the arm. Now he did throw an interception at the end to seal it for the Steelers, but you can see the talent. The bigger question now is actually not Levis after two weeks. It's Kenny Pickett after 20 starts. You know, Perloff thinks that he's a guy who is holding back the offense where I think he's a guy who was playing with broken ribs, gritted, you know, gutted it out on a short week, and someone who, when you need a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, he consistently delivers. Well, I think the reason we have a different view on him is my expectations of the Steelers is they should be a Super Bowl contender. And I just can't see that as not quarterback play for a Super Bowl contender. It's quarterback play possibly for a wild card if everything falls right. He's got to step it up, and maybe it was a health. There was a couple plays in the first half where there was a wide-open receiver. If Matt Canada can scheme open a wide-open receiver, you better hit that guy. <laughs> and even the fourth like quarter. seeing an eclipse. The fourth quarter plays, I mean, he dropped the ball in the bucket, but those were, oh, my gosh, they were three inches away from disaster. You can't rely on Kenny Pickett to pull a rabbit out of his hat in the fourth quarter every game. I think the key to the Steelers winning, obviously, is T.J. Watt just unleash him. And you're either going to hold him or he's going to destroy your quarterback and get a turnover. That will work. Just you need more steady, competent offense. And, again, Matt Canada had a better game. I still worry about the lack of creativity on the Steelers' offense. Watch the Sean McVay and the Rams or watch Kyle Shanahan. And everything that's going on there, none of that's going on in Pittsburgh. There is very little uh, fancy stuff. And, eventually, I think if if you have a playoff game – I think a Chiefs defense, a Jaguars defense, uh, even a Bills defense, I think they can completely figure out the Steelers offense. Yeah, but, you know, I think this is by design. I don't think it's because Pickett is bad. You know, yes, he sells some passes, but sure, he's playing hurt and on a short week. I mean, I think this is how the Steelers want to win these games. They're not going in saying, and and they have, I thought, good receivers. You know, George Pickens was nowhere last night. He finished with, like, a negative yard, like, negative yardage. Just wild for a wide receiver. Uh, But Deontay Johnson had a big game, and he finally gets his first touchdown, and the run game was working. And I think they were averaging five and a half yards a carry last night between Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, and they were just rolling with that. I mean, this game probably could have been a little bit more out of reach, but first of all, Steelers basically only play tight games. And the Titans got six first downs from penalties. The Steelers were flagged 10 times last night in what was a flag fest. It kept so many drives alive for the Titans. Absolutely, but they could have been flagged for 10 more because Joey Porter Jr. was basically, it was like a middle school slow dance every time DeAndre (laughs) Hopkins ran a route. Now, Hopkins was getting handsy too, but the Steelers have a little Seahawks Legion of Boom thing. Basically, we're going to grab the guy every time he comes out, and the officials are just going to get tired of throwing the flag. So, And Joey Porter Jr., I love this guy. He's going to be great. He's clearly, you know, you're relying a lot asking a rookie to shut down the number one wide receiver. But again, back to the, 
the offense, you can't tell me it's by design to be a bottom six offense. And it's by design to keep the game conservative and close. But don't you think they're going a little too far by design to, to be slow? <laughs> I do. I understand. I think that's why everyone in Pittsburgh wants Matt Canada fired. They want to change here. And, you know, on the broadcast last night, they tried to paint it like this is actually Mike Tomlin's philosophy that, you know, it's not Matt Canada just being bad at his job. Yeah. This is how they want to win. But you're right. I mean, Kenny Pickett right now is down to like 61% completion percentage. And yeah. that's that's bad. Now, he was 63% last Last year, so it's not like you know they've all of a sudden had this Ferrari of a quarterback and they've completely neutered him. It's not like that at all. But I, I think right now, what Steeler fans will take is him being able to put together these fourth quarter mm. touchdowns. And you're saying it can't last. I I, I think it can. I mean, you, we, you're, I think you're playing the result. If they lose that game last night, it is a call for Kenny Pickett. It is a disaster. Well, who there. are they going to go to? Trubisky? Like, well, Trubisky not, was so bad, too. He, there's no threat here. I, I think he has an excuse. His ribs were hurt last night. If yeah. Say they they dropped that game. I mean, they beat a very, you know, a bad team at home, and we're acting like everything is fixed here. What happens when they play the Browns and when they play the Bengals and the Ravens? I That, that game they, they played last night, it's not going to cut it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, so our poll question, is Kenny Pickett the problem with the offense? EJ, what are the results so far? So we asked the people, of course, is Kenny Pickett the problem? We're seeing a very interesting poll, and I've been following this all morning. It's been up and down here. Right now we're at 52.9% say no. We're at 47.1% say yes. Yeah, it's really split here. I'd love to hear from some Steeler fans. I'm sure you're happy you got the win, but... You know, to Perloff's point, can you win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett or with the offense playing this way? Now, I think that we have some inflated expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers because they were so good in the preseason and because their defense is so good that now all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl team, which in the offseason, I didn't hear a lot of Steelers Super Bowl. I was hearing a lot about, hey, this AFC is super loaded. Who knows who's going to come out of it? Right, but if if not now, then when? They have Kenny Pickett on a rookie deal. He's not a young man. He's 25. They have T.J. Watt at the height of his powers. It just feels like there's something special all over this roster, but the offense is not doing it. Uh, you know, the funny thing, they drafted this kid that they stole from the, the Patriots. Or no, who they? Broderick Jones. Yeah, the Jets. The, the Jets. They yeah. stole from the, the Jets. The Patriots traded with the Steelers to block the Jets from getting Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle. And I think he finally really started to get heavy into the rotation last night. But he feels their offensive line is definitely questionable. Because you see it. Kenny Pickett doesn't really look comfortable back there. And it was a little better last night. They ran the ball. I think the Titans let them run the ball last night. They were just saying, we're going to make sure Pickens doesn't get a big play on us. Their theory was let the Steelers try and sort of matriculate down the field, which are not great at. I, I see a very flawed offense. And I don't think that's a hot take. By no, any everyone means. knows that, yeah. but I don't think it's on Pickett. Well, that's you, where you and I differ. You think it's on Pickett. I think it's on the play calling, the philosophy. Uh, he he throws a lot of uncatchable balls. And usually he throws a pass. I'm like, oh, man, that must have been the rib. Or that must have been the small hands. Or that must have been something. <laughs> because a good quarterback would have completed a lot of passes last Wait. night. They have great receivers. Last night they had a good running game. There's no reason that a guy's not throwing for 300 yards. I thought that the small hands thing was that a guy would have a penchant to fumble the ball a lot. Not that he can't complete passes. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you have a He doesn't big, fumble the ball. I think if you have to shot put the, the ball, you're going to be less accurate. Uh, 
that big hands is not just about ball security. It's being about uh, ball throwing control. the ball. Yeah, ball ball control. It does look funny when Kenny Pickett throws it. You have to admit, he, he's got an unorthodox style a little bit. When he throws the ball downfield, he had a guy, he, he was pressured. There was a guy 50 yards downfield where he just did not have the arm strength to get it to him because he was off his back foot. Will Levis would have completed that pass easily. Will Levis, that is what a big, talented quarterback looks like. I'm not saying that he is as, as polished as he's going to be. Yeah. But he looks like that's what I want a quarterback. I want a gigantic guy who can just rocket the ball anywhere. I know, but Will Levis might have like a top three arm in the league in terms of just arm strength. It's like him, Allen, Justin <laughs> Herbert. Well, I don't know. Did we know that before? Will Levis top three arm strength? No, I'm just saying you yeah. watch it last night off of back foot with a guy in his face and he can throw a 50-yard bomb. Yeah. But listen, Kyle Bowler had a great arm. Like it. Sometimes having this awesome, amazing, I can throw 80 yards from my knees arm doesn't mean you're going to be successful. But I like what I've seen some from Levis. I'm not here to poo-poo him. But. Yeah, I just, I guess I'm maybe used to Big Ben. Just a gigantic guy who's going to stand back there with pass rushers hanging off him and somehow have the arm strength to once or twice a game throw the ball 40 yards downfield for a huge completion. Pickett, it's, it's just been very sporadic. Yeah, the last three minutes, he's Tom Brady. I don't understand it. <laughs> it's amazing. I just want to see more. Maybe he'll get healthy and he'll fix some of that. You're right. Preseason, he was a Ferrari. He was unbelievable. The preseason, it was all working perfectly. Okay, am I an idiot for buying into that? Yes. yes definitely, because the defenses aren't game planning for specific quarterbacks in the preseason. But at least he could throw the ball 50 yards downfield on a spiral. Where is that now? Well... The weather's going to get worse. The conditions are going to be bad. It's the AFC North. I mean, being able to you know throw 50-yard bombs, I think, becomes less important when you get into December. you got to be able to run the ball. you got to still be able to make plays and keep the defense honest. But, you know, these 50-yard 50, 50 you know plays, uh, it's not the same. Yeah, but Burrow and Lamar Jackson, they're going to be able to do it. There's, you need some chunk plays, and it's been really hard for the Steelers again until the end of the game. Yep. Then Eight, something crazy happens. 855-212-4CBS if you want to talk about the Steelers. Let's get to a Cowboys quickie today. Big game in Philadelphia this weekend. Dak Prescott explaining why he loves playing in Philly. It's just a good atmosphere for football, honestly. Um, I guess you say having grown up in the SEC, uh, a lot of different venues and stadiums that just you can fill it. The, the time you get near the stadium, eat, sleep, breathe, the game of football, the fans' excitement, um, the atmosphere, the close games, the energy. The, when, you, when you walk into the Philadelphia Stadium, uh, it's no different. It feels like some of those, those old Saturday nights, fans are going to get loud. you got to make sure your communication is top-notch. And then, um, yeah, and then, and, then, and then it's fun always getting a win up there. There you go. That is Dak Prescott. There's your Cowboys quickie. Okay. <laughs> so last time Dak was in Philly, it was 2021. They won 51-26. He was 21 for 27, five touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, I think the Eagles were resting their players because it was week 18, yep. and they were already clinched a wild card. He has really played very well at Philly and against Philly, but he hasn't seen this team. Because last year, remember, he got hurt earlier in the year. Yep. Went to Philly. Cooper Rush lost. Then he beat Gardner Minshew later in the season. I don't think he, he's faced this new, more ferocious Eagles team. So I'm curious how this is going to work out. If we're going to see good Dak, which we've seen the last two weeks, or bad Dak, which we saw against San Francisco. I think this is a 
pretty important game for him. Now, Perloff is under the impression that no games matter for Dak until we get the divisional round. I'm less of that. And not that we have to ride the roller coaster week to week here with Prescott, but I do think the getting home field advantage for the Dallas Cowboys and winning the division is important. That should be a goal. And I know it didn't work out the last time that they had a, a home game against the San Francisco 49ers. You got to put that in the, the rear view mirror. The real thing here is getting home field that always helps the team. It will help the Cowboys. It has to be a goal. Has it ever helped? It didn't help the Packers under Aaron Rodgers the last few years. I'm just and that's talking, Lambeau. I'm talking about I'd much rather be still gunning for the number one seed if I can and be gunning for home field advantage. I just don't think you can mess around. And, you know, I think Dak, this is, this is going to be an interesting one for him because let's see against a very good defense in San Francisco – it looked awful. Let's see against a very good defense in Philadelphia how it looks. I think that's short-sighted in the sense that they're going to play them again in three weeks. I mean, this is a long season. It's a division game. You can't can't have every division game like this be a must-win game because then it's the second one a must-win game, too. And what about when they play in the playoffs for the third time? Well, but that's the thing. You're in one of those divisions where you have a foil, which is yeah. the Eagles. You know, the Giants stink, the Commanders stink, but you do have a foil in Philadelphia, and this is the game. But we know as football fans, divisional games amongst close rivals tend to split. I, I would urge you not to read too much into this result one way or the other. Well, you're already trailing them by two games, though, because the yeah. Cowboys are 5-2 and two and the Eagles are 7-1. and one, So you definitely have to make up ground the Eagles here. have the toughest schedule in the league coming up. The Cowboys are going to be 12-5. and five. The question is, I'm telling you, they are de- They love having the same record year after year after year. That's a Cowboys thing. Yep. They're going 12-5. and five. The question is, are the Eagles going to be able to beat that? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's hear more of Dak Prescott, please, Pete, on the importance of this game. It's got enough meaning in the sense of who they are, them being division, having the success that they've had um, over the past couple of years, uh, being a great team, being great on offense and defense, and, uh, yeah, which makes them obviously a Super Bowl contender. Um, but, yeah, this this rival has enough, even even when teams, I guess, these two teams aren't, this playing this well, uh, this, this game is still always one people look forward to. I damn sure do. There you go. I mean, I I think he's right. And you do have, you're facing a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and is a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I'd rather face any of these teams in the playoffs at home, whether it's got to be San Francisco, whether it has to be Seattle, whether it has to be Detroit, whether it's the Eagles again. I mean, if I'm Dallas, I'm I'm really taking this one seriously. Well, Close yeah. the gap here. <laughs> Of course, you're taking it seriously. No, but you're saying it won't matter. I, like, but I mean, they they do play again, so you're, the same thing applies to the next game too. Right? So you're saying they have to sweep the Eagles? I think that this would go a long way for them. I yeah, don't know how realistic it is, but this is this is this is why this is a massive game for Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah, I, I I tend to think that we judge the Cowboys way too in the moment. Every Dak Prescott game is a consensus on where Dak Prescott is. Well, it depends when he is he throwing interceptions. Is he not throwing interceptions? You know? I I just think that we more so with him than any other quarterback. He's awesome because he beats Tampa Bay in the wild card round as one of the best playoff games we've seen in a long time. Then he's terrible because they lost to the Niners. It can't be every game is who Dak Prescott is. I I just think we have a tendency to overreact to every single 
Cowboys game, Listen. something about the Cowboys. And I do think it's an overreaction. I think, yeah, I do think they can lose this game and still be in good position. I, I think they lost that Niners game, and you said it yourself. That is not a consensus of where they are. Well, I thought also the Niners played as good as they possibly could play at that time. Now, we thought this was just, oh, the Niners are here, and this is the level they're going to stay at. And it turns out not. The Niners have gone through three straight losses. Yeah. and. Uh, it's been tougher for them. So it actually opened the door back up for the Cowboys to get the number one seed. We'll see but, about Detroit. Detroit is a little bit of an inside track, too. That The thing is, that game was at San Francisco. This game is at Philly. Don't you say a loss at Philly is excusable? Like, Especially if Dak plays okay. If they, they show up and lose by a touchdown, I'm not panicking if I'm Dallas at all. I would say, oh, we're going to get them at home big time in the next game. And it's a long season. You know, the Cowboys are still figuring some things out. I think they're getting a little better on offense. They're kind of getting guys besides CeeDee Lamb to do something. So this to me is, I'm sorry, there's only one must-win game, and that's the Super Bowl. Kidding. <laughs> That's your old Dave Damashek yeah, joke. Thank you. <laughs> Dave Damashek, our You're friend. You're not going to get that kind of analysis anywhere else, but we, right here. We have a buddy at Media Day and Super Bowl, goes up to players and, and says, do you think this is a must-win game? <laughs> yeah. He's a comedy writer. You can see why. It usually gets a kick out of everybody. But um, we want to hear from you, Cowboy fans. 855-212-4CBS. Cowboy fans have been a little quiet this season. I think everyone's a little tepid. Like, Zach Prescott never got the contract extension yeah. this uh, offseason. McCarthy still hasn't won the organization over. You know, you had the bad loss to the 49ers. I think took a lot of the wind out of the sails. It, it, Cowboy fans have been surprisingly quiet. Here's this year. where we are with the Cowboys. They can't do anything in the regular season to impress anybody. Yeah. They win. If they win on Sunday, everyone is going to say the same thing. All right, let's see it in the playoffs because they've had these good records and disappointed in the postseason. They're one of the, I think the same thing with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. There's a couple teams now where it's like, okay, we've seen the regular season wins. Let's see it in the playoffs. 855-2124-CBS. Maggie and Perloff right here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, celebrity NFL picker is in studio today. Also, spoiler alert, it's a woman. Very attractive. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. And she's hilarious. I should have led with that. She's hilarious and Beautiful and smart and a dynamo. You're okay. not going to want to miss this. Now you're overselling. I'm not. I'm underselling. 855-2124-CBS. Maggie and Perloff, don't go anywhere. Coming up, we do have the goat giving advice. What did he have to say? You're going to hear it next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff. Stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app. By asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app, get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. I could have used that last night. I was juggling a lot of games last night. Thursdays in the fall, I mean, that is for professional sports TV watchers. (laughs) Uh, And you're an amateur? No, you should uh, be a pro by now. Well, the NBA is a little bit tricky for me, too, because I got to watch the NBA while I'm watching basketball. And then there's college football got interesting. Uh, I ended up uh, sort of missing a bunch of important things, including the Sixers winning without James Harden, proving we did not need that dude. <laughs> yes, that's the evidence. Last <laughs> night. They beat, the, one regular they beat, season the, game. beat the Raptors at home. No, James Harden is really turning into something special. Like this whole season is turned. This is the most interesting the Clippers have been in a really long time. Uh, Wait, the Clippers used to have Chris Ball, Blake Griffin? That was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, Lob City. forgot about that. Anyway, yeah. 
They blew a 3-1. Anyway, okay, Harden, <laughs> this is going to, this quote's going to live forever. No matter what Harden does from here on out, no matter how many strip clubs he eventually opens, it'll be a chain. I'm sure it'll be super successful. This is going to be what he will be remembered for. Harden explaining what he meant by being on a leash with the 76ers and says he is a system. When I'm in a leash, I'm not meant just shooting the basketball every time. I meant like, I'm a, I'm a, like I think the game and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if I got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey coach, I see this, you know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. Amazing. I'm not a system player. I'm a system. Yeah. That's true. It's He's it's, a crappy system that loses in like, the playoffs. It, it's like listening. It's like he created, I don't know. It sounds like a rap lyric, quite frankly, like a poem or something. It's completely I'm accurate. Business, man. I'm a business. Yeah, man. right. That's yeah. The, it reminded me of the Jay-Z lyric. Yeah. I, uh, it's I, totally true. He will not play in a system because he needs a ball in his hand. So you can, a system means everybody's working together to achieve one goal. And James Harden has no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> he has one goal, and that is to celebrate James Harden, to make me an all-star, to make me have all these points. And that is why I am so thrilled he is as far away from my Philadelphia okay, 76ers well, as possible. Here's the thing. I mean, he did help Joel Embiid win an MVP. Oh, I think. Yeah, who cares? This is about titles. I don't care about that crappy okay. MVP. I'm just saying he has shown in little tiny drips and drabs that he can be this sort of... I think he's shown that he can be a cog in the system. It's just very small sample size. And the idea that this will happen when he's playing with Kawhi and with Paul George is laughable, right? But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen exactly. He's going to be on his best behavior for like two months. He's going to be distributing the ball. He's going to be averaging like 10 assists a game. And everyone's going to be like, oh, you know, James Harden, I think maybe we had this all wrong. And then he will revert back to being the person. You know, even when he has a lot of assists, they're still bad. Because if you're playing defense, that means he's holding the ball for 14 seconds and throws one pass. You know where the ball is at all times. Watch the Warriors play and then say, what's the exact opposite of this beautiful brand of basketball? <laughs> then watch the Clippers with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. It's going to be I think it's, terrible. I think it's important to note, and this was from Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. He said, James Harden ranked second in the NBA in time possessing the ball per game behind only Luka last season. Another player who has the same exact problems as James Harden. They're, those guys are mirror images of each other. I hate basketball players who hold the ball. I don't want to play with them. I don't want to watch them on the court. Steph Curry is the greatest offensive player of our generation, except for maybe LeBron. He's always moving. He's always throwing the ball and cutting away. That's how you play the game, Maggie, not James Harden. Listen, I, I get it. I just think it's hilarious that James Harden is still is still hanging on to this now. It's like, didn't you at any point when the entire league, except for the Clippers, basically was like, uh, no thanks. Like, that didn't do anything. To be like, hmm, maybe I should adjust my style. Anyway, Peter Schwartz is here. He's got some headlines. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Maggie. Good morning, Perloff. Let's begin in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers beat the Titans 20-16. to Kenny Pickett with a three-yard touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson with 4.02 to go in the game. Pickett was happy that Johnson could finally get in the end zone. It was great. It was awesome. Obviously, you know, it was a big deal um, to get him in the end zone. It's been it's been too long for sure. So, um, you know, see that smile on his face after that was great. And I'm, I'm sure it felt like the world was off his back now so he can go relax and play and uh, continue to be the, the guy that he is for us. He had an unbelievable game. 
Pickett battling a rib injury was 19 of 30 for 190 yards. Quan Alexander sealing the win, picking off Will Levis at the goal line with six seconds to go. But TJ Watt said the Steelers still have to get better on defense. Obviously not satisfied with where we are, but uh, we just need to continue to improve and eliminate problems as quickly as possible and uh, just get as healthy as possible. That's what is so crucial about this extra little rest that we have. Some more nitpicking. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said the win was nice, but enough with the penalties. Man, really excited about the win. Um, obviously, um, it could have been cleaner. Uh, first and foremost, from a penalty perspective, um, part of being a tough team to beat first is not kicking your own butt, man, and, and we kind of been doing that some, and we got to own that. The Steelers do own the fact that they're the only team since 1970 to be outgained in their first eight games and still have a winning record as they are now five and three. It doesn't sound like it a doesn't make formula. Sense. It's like the teams that have like a negative point differential, but somehow have like a above 500 record. It's like, I don't get it, but sure. Like that to me is like more shocking if you said than than if you said like a team you know it was minus five in the turnover battle because right. that could happen in a game, right. yeah, like something strange. But to to be outgained in every game and still have a winning record just to me doesn't make any ah, sense. Ah, come on, Peter, you know you got to win the turnover battle. That's the <laughs> only football cliche. Establish the run, win the turnover battle. Yeah. It makes no sense to me, and I root for a team that doesn't make sense. So it's just you know. Yes, we have many suffering Jets fans, <laughs> as if there's any oh. other kind. Although I like Peter wearing his son's. Football jersey yeah, today. That's, cool. that's pretty cool. Big playoff game tonight for MacArthur against Manhasset. Well, Friday uh, night like we lights. We didn't know that. Long Friday night lights, <laughs> yeah. And uh, playoff game against Manhasset. So my son is a senior. So we're hoping this is not it tonight. We'd like to have an, at least another week. Pearl's got $10,000 on this game. <laughs> Can you bet on high school football legally? No, you can't. I, maybe in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely doing it in Texas and Florida. I'll find you, guy. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, this, Peter, you got some inside info for me? What's going on <laughs> well, here? We have direct access to the long snapper. So. You know what? I don't. You know what? I Bradley comes home from school every day after practice. Yeah. And he says, do you want to know what's going on? No, I want to be surprised. Uh, here's what happened. Don't, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'd like to sit there with mom in the stands. Oh, but the game plan. Yeah, because there was one time he told me something was going to happen what, in the Philly game. Philly special? Like, what are they running? Yeah, <laughs> Fleet Flicker? Well, I mean, I can't really get into that, but there was something that happened in a game once that he told me was going to happen, and it really annoyed me that I knew that it was coming. And Wait, I'd what? Like to be Wait why can't you, you reveal that right now? You imagine a spoiler in a high school totally football game your son was playing in? <laughs> yeah, a play that he was involved in, and I, I really wish I had not known about it. It worked out well, yeah. like it was executed. Wait, what was the play? You can't it, say? It was, it, oh. it was a fake punt. Oh, there you go. And it worked. And it worked. So this already happened, and you're still nervous talking about it? Did you think it's because somebody's listening who's going to know that there's possibly Perloff, a trick play coming? there's got to be a Connor Stallions I'm, of Long Island that I'm is big all over Long Island, so like, I can't really like you know comment too much but on they're it. But already, it already happened, this fake pun. You should be nervous talking about what already happened. Yeah, but they might run it again. Yeah, well, you don't know what's going to happen. Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, they're looking at the video from last week. They're not they're not telling the future about what's happening in the Connor <laughs> so. Stallion stuff. Listen, it's I out mean, there on tape now. But still, I, I get where Peter's coming from. This stuff is, I bet in, in Texas, in California, Florida, Long Island apparently, people are incredibly paranoid. Yeah, yeah you I look just, really nervous right now that there's some trick play. You just said you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know because I don't want to know anymore because it bothered me the last time that I knew about it. You so are I, the only person on earth also, I think, 
who their teenage kid wants to talk to them, and you're like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. no. And it's like, you know, and my younger son plays Little League Baseball, and I said, he'll come, you know, we're at the game, and he wants me to come over, and I'm like, what's the matter? I want to talk to you about, no, I'm not your coach oh, now. That's, like, that's I'm good. not, I'm yeah. not your coach. Like, if there's something that happened in the game, We'll talk about it after the game. Like during the game, go talk to your coach. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not your coach. I'm that's not, that's I'm healthy. Not that I think parent. that's healthy. I'm not yeah. that parent because uh, there was one. There's there's been situations at football games where parents have gotten the attention of the coach of of no the kid their kid, oh, the kid. on the field and said you got to play over there. Don't go over there. What the coach told. No, you go play over there. Yeah. Like that, that's not me. Like I got you know just we'll talk about it after the game. No, you have to do what every parent does or should do, which is say say nothing during the game and then you got to have like a very awkward conversation with the coach afterwards. Yeah. So this is <laughs> this is what parenting is. I don't want to I don't want to know about it. Uh as for the Titans last night, uh, we uh, we mentioned Will Levis gets picked off by Quan Alexander at the goal line with six seconds to go, and that just wasn't good for Levis. Got to finish drives. Uh, the yards don't mean anything if, if you don't finish those drives for sure. I mean, we're not going to force anything, but or we're just going to do our jobs and play the field position battle if we need to. But obviously, you want to you want to score points, and um, couldn't get it done as much as we needed to tonight. And the Titans dropped to 3-5. and five. NBA, the Spurs over the Suns, 132-121. Victor Wabanyama with a huge game, 38 points, including 10 points during a 12-0 Spurs fourth quarter run after they had left a 27-point lead slip away. So what is the biggest thing that Wabanyama has learned so far about the NBA? The biggest thing I've learned, I'd say, is... Uh, Maybe a, a twenty points lead is nothing. You know? <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> was right about that. Last night it disappeared Accurate. very quickly. Very smart guy so far, and the Spurs uh, recover. They win the game. They're now three and two. Now to Philadelphia, where the Sixers beat the Raptors one fourteen ninety nine in their first game since trading away James Harden. Joel Embiid was asked about the idea that Harden was held back in Philadelphia. In my opinion, I, I just feel like, you know, we allowed him to just be himself, and we gave him the ball every single possession. <laughs> it is a lot. It's. I think it's revisionist history for yeah. Harden to go back and be like, I was in this, I was but, totally uh, playing with one hand behind my back. It's like, wait, had sorry. the ball all the time. When did Embiid said that last night? Yeah. yeah. After the game or before the game? I'm just it curious. It sounded like it was after the game. Yeah, so that's funny that they're asking him about that after a, a Raptors game, and he's getting into it. I, I would think if Joel Embiid, would that be like a no-comment situation? I mean, he's pretty honest there. No, I think he's probably sick of holding his tongue. You that's know? refreshing, he actually. Was, he was so diplomatic during this whole thing, wouldn't comment on it when Harden was not showing up, showing up, like yeah. generally being a pain um, and a well, distraction. You remember Embiid made one comment about... Ben Simmons that sort of set a, set this train going to get Ben Simmons out of town. Yeah, and I actually thought that that was unfair. It was the game six after the Atlanta series when they lost. And how is that unfair? His quote was actually much longer, and he oh, took okay. more like he took more blame for that. But he did mention like, "Hey, you're under the basket. You got to shoot." And that's the two seconds that everyone went with. Um, but that's I'm, like the world we live in now. That was everybody watching the game saw it too. Of course, yes. Uh, one thing about Embiid. This, I'm in New York. I were in New York. The papers saying that Embiid's coming to Knicks. I honestly, I don't care. But I think the Sixers. This You're whole idea. America, this whole idea that Embiid is wants out of Philadelphia. He's going to go to the Knicks. Like that's going to work out better no, for him. But this, this no. But this was uh, what I thought was good from B two, which is it's so early in the season. 
Like, at some point, the trade was just made. You're the centerpiece of this team. You got a new coach. Like, you've got to show that you've got this team's back a little bit. He may hate Maury, too. Daryl Maury, the GM. Who knows how this is going to end? But for now, I think he's got to look like he is in line and lockstep with the organization. I think he needs to just be a little more broken down to get to the Knicks and pay overpaid and get the expectations <laughs> up. And then... Then he'll fit in with the Knicks. I think my nephew would be very upset if Joel Embiid came to the Knicks. He's a huge Sixers fan. He lives in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, the Sixers. I don't think, I, he loves them. By the way, the Sixers fans are probably talking to him daily. They don't even want to win. They just want to keep Joel Embiid. Every every movie you hear about, oh, we have to get this guy to keep Embiid happy. Uh, you know, are they going to get Zach Levine at the trade deadline to keep Embiid happy? What just, about winning a title? But that's not just the 76ers. This is the NBA now yeah. where if you have a star player, they essentially, and I'm not saying this in a bad way all the time, but they hold your organization hostage. Yeah. And in some ways it works out well. Like, you know, Giannis basically told the organization, if you don't sign somebody mm. else, I'm going to leave. And it motivated them to years ago, get Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and re- more recently, get Dame Lillard. Like, sometimes it can work for you, and other times you're at the whim of the superstar. Yeah, yeah. although you also bring on a lot of risk because Damian Lillard's 34. You're already seeing everyone saying they can't play defense anymore. It doesn't always work. Even with Giannis, we don't know that this is going to work. You could you could make an organization make short-term moves instead of long-term moves, and it could cost them. They need to play defense for two months. They don't need to play defense mm. for six months. I'm don't not you hate when the inmates run the asylum? I just don't. The like, players? Like, like the players. Like, do you think I, 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 I can't, Ooh, I I can't wrap <laughs> I can't wrap my head around like they're not the general managers. They shouldn't be dictating who the teams get. Yeah, but I think Un- that- unless it's like if a if a team owner is like flat out cheap and doesn't want to bring anybody right. in and a player can speak out saying, Hey, we should be going after these guys, but you just can't like to me, I can't fathom the idea of saying, well, this person should come here and that person should go there and we need to make all these super teams. Listen, I think it was a there's it was so far the opposite way for so long where the players didn't have any power and they're the league and they realize their power. Now, maybe you want to say it's gone a little too far where guys are not just saying trade me, but trade me specifically yeah. to the Miami Heat or trade me specifically to the Lakers. Maybe that's gotten a little out of hand, but I mean, I get it. If I'm a star player, I'm using all my power. I think the one problem is sometimes players have a different time frame than teams. Teams got to build a uh, contender year after year where the players, like Giannis, is like, I need to be, I need to do this now. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you look at the Warriors when all the players convince Kevin Durant to come there. It can work out great, too. Yeah, the players can be the thing. I don't think that the players or the – Daryl Morey has made nothing but bad decisions, too. I think the players are probably – you know, have just as good ideas, but I just think they have different incentives. You know, mm. they want to, they need to win right now where you're a team. You're like, okay, listen, if I give up all these draft picks, where am I in five years? The right, players right. don't care. So I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really say that. I, I think the Bucks, are, they had to. Maggie had a great point. Like, there's no choice. If Giannis says, I need this guy, what are you, are you going to say no to Giannis? No, I don't want to say no. I'm just saying, just in general, I just don't like the fact that. The players get to dictate where they want to go and who comes to play with yeah. them. Like that should you have a general manager for that? And if the general manager stinks at his job, you go to go, go to a new general manager. Yeah, now, I know, but now, it's like Le- fair, LeBron I mean, have- said, you don't want to be thirty years old with bad knees and no rings. He's also got a championship, though. No, but yeah. this is what he said: why he left Miami. Yeah, EJ. No, I was gonna say. I mean, to be fair, though, in more recent examples, we've seen guys kind of not get their way. I mean, yeah. Dame Lillard wanted to go to Miami, and he dictated he wanted to go to Miami, and he didn't get what he wanted. Kyrie Irving 
wanted to go to the Lakers and he didn't get what he wanted. Yeah. And Donovan Mitchell didn't say he wanted to go to the Knicks, but it was very obvious he wanted to go to the Knicks <laughs> yeah, right. and they sent him to <laughs> Cleveland. So we're seeing a lot more examples now where teams are just saying, I'm going for the best deal for myself or maybe I'm being selfish and yeah. I don't want to spite the player, whatever it is. I think we're seeing a balance happen where this is not years ago where anybody could just go wherever they want. I think yeah. Harden was a weird situation because very few people wanted him, and it almost felt like the Clippers were almost bullied into finally trading for him. Well, Durant, though, I would say, is the other one. Like, but then that was one where, you know, they initially were not going to trade him. Like, wait, which that team summer, are you talking about? That summer and say, hey, I want to go to Phoenix yeah. or yeah. Miami, and they said, get lost. And he had to play half a season. It wasn't so Kyrie Irving blew up the entire situation. We said, all right, you know what? We'll just trade you because this thing is over anyway. Yeah, but it's also weird because Kevin Durant asked for a trade, and they basically said no. That was very, yeah. very odd. That was like, and then he did though get where he wanted to go, like three months later, four months later. But he did get there. Yeah. But, but if Kyrie never blows that situation up, he may still be in Brooklyn. Yeah. So if Kyrie doesn't blow it up, maybe they make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> One thing is different with the Lakers and LeBron. I mean, you're saying you want the GM to have the power. In that case. LeBron is the GM. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> He's power forward, coach, GM. So like, we understand. Like, Ironically. LeBron's earned that right. I, I, LeBron has definitely earned it, but that might be his worst role. Yeah. He's great at being a basketball player, and yeah. he's great at everything else. But I don't know if I want LeBron as my he GM. He single-handedly brought Anthony Davis there for the bubble and title. And Russell Westbrook. Yeah. No, listen, not all GMs are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got, Peter? I'll just close with hockey. Canucks over the Sharks, 10 to 1. The Sharks still winless this year at 09 and 1. And the Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights are now 10 0 and 1. They beat the Jets 5 to 2. I'm going to, I think, place a bet on the Sharks. They are due. I'm telling you, Maggie, watch out. <laughs> I think they're much better than their record. Not on the MacArthur Generals. You're going to bet on the Sharks. <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't, sorry, I can't get any action on the MacArthur. <laughs> now that I know the inside information, when I said, uh, is there going to be a fake pun tonight? You almost you oh, started sweating. I could, oh, yeah, you don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Also, the MacArthur General is a little on the nose, huh? A five five two one two four CBS. <laughs> I like it. We're all rooting for the Generals. Eight five five two one two. Four two two seven. I went to the rival school. Oh, you went to Manhattan. Oh, you went to division. I went to division. Oh. It's not really a rival. They play in a different conference, same school district. They yeah. just play yeah. in a different We're conference. Still better, right. but anyway. I, I would I would severely <laughs> doubt that. Wait, Pete, is I, your high school team in the playoffs? I have no idea. I have not kept up with them since, <laughs> since 20, uh, 2003. But I did say the best betting joke of all times from The Simpsons where Krusty the Clown starts betting on the Washington Generals because they're due. He's <laughs> 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 like, and he's, scream, he's watching the game. He's screaming, there's a ladder on the court. How can you not call that? 855 <laughs> See you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in just one moment. Also coming up, oh, we do have the goat giving out some advice. We'll get to that. Okay, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie, Perloff, ODB. Now, didn't want to bring this up, but I have been thinking about it for quite some yeah. time, which is you do have an unpaid bet. And an unpaid I know, debt. I know. And Nick is calling from Texas, one of our biggest pals. Nick, it's great to hear from you. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning, my friends, and three quick shout-outs. Shout-out to the new coffee drinkers that joined the Weedos. (laughs) And a big shout-out to my boy, Jay in Nashville, who's been holding it down for the Weedos, who have come from the afternoon show to the morning show and has been doing amazing with his call-in. Glue guy. It was a little over a year ago, October 29th of last year, I won a bet with Maggie Gray, Mm -hmm. and we introduced the duck. And now I think it's time with 
four games left in the Colorado season that we need to get Pearl off to pay up a bet. Do you remember that bet, Pearl? I do. Now, we were just going over it in the break. I know I have to buy and wear a Buffalo costume, but what was the game that I lost the bet on? Uh, oh, my gosh. Now you already got me forgetting. My I was think it was that Colorado was going to cover against USC. No, this might have been going back to the TCU game. You really owe this bet where you were you did not think that Colorado had a prayer or maybe it was Colorado over wins. No, no, no. Yeah. I think it was I think it was Colorado Nebraska. Yes. I think it was Colorado Nebraska the point spread. Yeah, that's Colorado. Right. I think Colorado was the point spread. Yeah, yeah. For reminding me. It was yeah. the point spread that we covered and ended up winning that game and so yes, um you haven't ordered that yet? Wow. <laughs> Come well, on, Pearl off. Nick, yeah, I need your help now. I it's two hundred dollars for the one you want me to buy. It's a beautiful it's like a real mascot. Wait, I thought we found a cheaper one. I think we found a a knockoff of that and it was like fifty bucks or something. I thought you had Spike's uh, company card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the black MX is ready to go for all of our stunts. Uh Nick, I'm glad you called. Because we have to put Perloff's feet to the fire. He's been so wrapped up with this new Victor Wembenyama bet where he's going to have to drive to San Antonio yeah. if Wemby wins Rookie of the Year. He completely forgot about paying off his debt to you. Right. Well, there's four games left. I was hoping, you know, sometimes that Buffalo can make an appearance for your daily Dion and then go from there. But, yeah, yeah, just had to remind you because I know every time we've had a bet, you kind of pull the, you know, kind of push it to the side for about five months. Yeah, we're gonna start calling it put. You're pulling a pearl off, Nick. You can not con- like me. I pay these things off immediately. Uh, I don't know if that's. I think Nick was talking about you too because it took a while. <laughs> all the time. Hey, Nick, are you gonna come join us in San Antonio when I have to go apologize to Victor Wembanyama? Of course I am. There's no doubt I'm gonna make my two and a half hour drive over there and <laughs> yeah, come hang out with you. So yes, I'm always on board for. Uh, Meet up with you guys whenever I can. Nick, thank you. Hi to the family for us. Appreciate you weighing in. And yes, we got to hold Pearl off to this. Start going on Amazon for a okay. I, I found it. I found a reasonable buffalo costume. But it's funny. It says bull costume, animal onesie, cosplay costume. So that has <laughs> me wondering what it, what does that mean? Is that like an adult kind of thing going on? We're gonna yes. all find out. <laughs> because uh, yeah, if you mess with the the bull anyway yeah no <laughs> carla with a k is calling from idaho she has a thought on the michigan sign stealing scandal good morning carla good morning maggie and perloff how are you guys we're doing great how are you i'm all right thanks and actually that nick the previous caller also made me remember a, a question i have so i have a question and i'll have a comment i'll go with the comment first i just want to thank you yesterday for bringing up the fact that there are players who are, you know, just young men. Some of them are 18, 19-year-olds, and they didn't have a lot to do with this sign-stealing thing. That seems to all be a coaching thing, and Mm. I just hope that whatever happens does not affect them. It just seems like that would be so unfair. Wait, Carla, when you say that, you mean they shouldn't shouldn't keep Michigan out of the Big Ten title game because the players don't deserve that? Or is that what you mean, or you're saying the court of public opinion? Um, well, I heard someone, I think it was like Zach Delb or somebody. I'm sorry if I'm name, naming someone I shouldn't name. Or no, that's We love Zach. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember who it was, but, but they came on to the radio and they said, this is what should happen. And the team should be suspended from all sorts of things like, uh, right. 
And you think it should just be on the coaches because the coaches are the ones who are executing the scheme, even if the players are benefiting from it. Uh, Sorry, Carla, we're up against the top of the hour. What's the comment that you or what's the question you had? I need to know what a widow is or a uh, widow, or however you pronounce it. I'm new to you guys, so I need to know. Okay, so this is, it's good we've actually got this question a little bit, Carla, so thank you. A widow is very, very simple. These are a group of people, delightful people, mm-hmm. who are in our YouTube chat, youtube.com slash Radio or twitch.tv slash Radio, who were celebrating 420 in every single time zone that we were on yeah. in the afternoon. They were weirdos who apparently like to smoke a lot of weed. Therefore, they're weedos. Yeah, the purple drinkers is a longer story. <laughs> no, they're coffee drinkers now. Coffee, the I mean, they'll <laughs> splash of codeine. <laughs> weedos, weirdos who smoke weed. Fans of our show, apparently. And we love them. Coming up next, our celebrity NFL picker. Don't move.